talking about video games. Yeah! Hey everyone, this is Edmund Arnold and you are listening to the Donkey Kong Artist. This week we have a very special episode because Pat is not here. Pat is getting married in August and he's doing wedding stuff. But I'm here with my very best friend, Colin Codega. Colin, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. Just uh, another day in paradise talking about some video games. How about yourself? I'm doing alright. I'm, I'm a little bummed Pat's not here, but I'm a little happy because he's getting married. Everyone's growing up, but it's nice to see that. Yeah, you know, as I always say, love always wins. So you can't get mad for someone just putting it all into some love. Yeah, and if you haven't heard, we're announcing Pat is getting married. Big announcement <laughs> from here. Everyone listening, all of our fans, Patrick is getting married. So if you are proud of him, you feel happy for him, send presents to me, and I'll hold them for him. Yeah, send presents to Eddie and myself, and then just send photos and boomerang videos of you blowing kisses to Pat over social media. That's all he wants. He doesn't want real gifts or money. No, just to blow kisses and um, other pictures, if you get my gist. <laughs> Speaking of announcements, we've had a lot of announcements this week, Colin, have we not? Yeah, no, it's been a, um, I feel like we went through a lull of video game news where there wasn't a whole ton coming out, mm -hmm. and there is a lot for us to sort through today. Yeah, it was kind of hard to pick out stories to talk about, because we've had things from, like, big studios shutting down, well, not big studios, minor studios shutting down to things like a lot of game announcements, but we're here, we're going to just focus on the games today. And speaking of games, we had a big announcement, Rage 2 was announced, Seems that Bethesda, id, and who else? Avalanche Studios. Avalanche Studios have gotten ahead of the Walmart leak from E3 Games, and it looks like we are getting a Rage 2. That blasted uh, Canadian Walmart strikes again with those leaks. But um, yeah, I mean, Rage 2, the game no one was really asking for, but it looks pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, my interest has peaked. I, I played Rage 1, I, and I know you did as well. We were both uh, pretty into that when mm -hmm. it came out. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder, like, you, and you may bring up a really good point. No one was asking for Rage 2. It doesn't seem like Rage has a big cult following, even. And it makes me wonder, why would they come out with a Rage 2? There's, I've, I've been reading into that, because that was my first reaction. Like, I was like, oh, cool. But I wasn't like, this is the game everyone's clamoring for. This is uncompletely, like, not 100%. Um, like, I don't know facts into this at all. But I was reading that there is a Mad Max lawsuit that's going on. That's why they're not making another Mad Max movie right now. Um, there's a lot of limbo with the licensing of Mad Max. Avalanche Studios created Mad Max, the um, open world video game that came out a couple years ago. So there are some people that were thinking they were making a Mad Max 2 and had a lot of assets already built out, and they can't use Mad Max, so they were wondering, hmm, maybe we just transfer this over and be like, hey, let's pair you up with ID and let's make Rage 2. Like I said, that's unfounded. I don't know if it's that's true, but it's it's kind of an interesting theory it's on good, why. It's a theory. Because um, Mad Max was a great... I, I It's a solid game. It was really fun mechanics. At it. The open world was great, which this gets me excited because I feel like Avalanche Studio locked down the open world, finding resources in a world to like build up your car. And then the ID Studios, they have the shooting, they have the gunplay down. Like Rage 1, I know you and I always talk about... That little boomerang slice thing that you could just throw awesome. and take people out was awesome. It was one of my favorite awesome. mechanics at the time. Yeah, I remember playing that game. I, and I don't remember much about Rage. We were just talking. And the only thing I do remember about the original Rage was that boomerang. So, I... And it looks... When I watched the trailer, it, it I got a lot of Mad Max. Did you play the Mad Max game? Yeah, I played it. Okay, I played it too. Atrocious game. Um, 
See, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Really? I thought it was fun. I liked it. It wasn't it wasn't something where I was enjoying the cutscenes, but I think I really like the Mad Max setting, which I mean I think I just post apocalyptic I like. I thought the me- the car mechanics were good. It was a lot better than what was in Rage. I think what I didn't like about Rage was well the gunplay was great. Um, that mechanic throwing, I did enjoy, like, I specifically, I don't remember anything about the story, but I remember going up, like, long bridges to go into these, like, gang hideouts that were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that, but story's unforgettable. Mm-hmm. There's not, um, the car mechanics were, were just, I was not interested in, and it was just this vast, brown, just kind of not exciting looking world. Every setting looked the same. Um, the open world side of it, I thought, was one of the weakest parts of the game. So it, it does give me hope with Avalanche, you know, giving their expertise on that side of the video game. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Because Mad Max was, to me, and watching that Rage 2, there was a lot of Mad Max-esque stuff going on. Especially with the blurry effects on the camera that I absolutely did not like from that Mad Max game. I thought it was overdid. And it was just that grainy, like, blurry kind of we're trying to be darker that that's that i don't know i just didn't like it i did not like anything about it so and you see that rage 2 kind of took that but rage 2 also added a lot of color i remember seeing in the gameplay uh footage there was like shooting you were shooting um enemy who was floating in the air and it looked like this blue, got like shot out of a cannon or yeah something like, like that. this no it was a little bit after that where the guy's like f- like floating and he's flipping and you're shooting him and this like blue dust comes up from him I thought that was a really nice effect. So, seeing that mixed in with this Mad Max grainy camera kind of makes me excited because I want to see how they balance the two. Yeah, no, and I think the color, like the usage of different like pinks and bright colors, mm-hmm. I think was really important because, like I said, when you have an open world game like that, it's really boring if you feel like you're in like the Sierra deserts of Nevada and there's like no diversity in the actual like Those setting are beautiful. in the background. You they're, take that back. They're beautiful. You take that back. But if I'm playing a video game for 40 hours, do I want to just look at the same desert background? But from the preview, they have like it looked like a bog or swampy type yeah. area. It looked like there maybe been some snow, so it looks like they're they're changing things up. They're really they're really taking what was boring about Rage 1, and I feel like they, they're making it um, a lot more approachable and just a lot more diverse in the setting, but at the end of the day, like, I would just rather have Borderlands 3. I would much rather have Borderlands 3, and I, I remember loving Rage, but it was one of those games where I remember loving it at the time, but I can't tell you one thing that I loved about Rage, and that's, I think, a sad thing. Yeah, I don't know if it has more to do also... If Rage came out, like a game like that, if I was at this point in my life, then it was like post when I was done with college, I had a bunch of free time and I could just sink hours into games. I have limited time to play video games now. And so I really don't think it's something, um, if Rage 1 came out, I would enjoy it nearly as much. I think I was more willing to put up with mediocre gameplay um, back at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Now I just have a limited amount of time. I can play video games. I'm not going to sink a ton of hours into a game that's mediocre anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Rage came out October 2011, so I think my frame of mind right there, I was very happy. Yeah, I mean, we graduated in May of 2011, so we were just, you know, a few months off, maybe just starting some work and kind of coasting, Mm -hmm. not really having a ton of response. So like I said, you could sink a ton of time. At that same point, I put so much time into Skyrim and stuff like that that year, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good year for games, too, so maybe that's why Rage kind of got swept under the rug, because I had so many other things that I was playing at that time, but 
Either way, it looks like it looks exciting. It's coming out. When when is it dropping? Uh, I believe spring 2019 is the window right now. You never know with release, but Bethesda, I feel like they're pretty good about nailing in. Um, they don't usually release stuff if they know if they're not very confident in the release mm -hmm. window. But thanks to Walmart Canada. Um, who knows if they kind of had to jump the gun and announce it, so who knows if it gets moved eventually, but I'll definitely be looking forward to it. Um, I have a feeling I'll, I'll put some time into it just based on the ridiculousness, and they have to compete against the borderlands of the world, and, and people have different expectations with these type of shooters now, so I feel like with Bethesda behind it, ID Software, and you have Avalanche Studios, it's that right there is giving me enough where it's like, I'm going to follow this um, up until it's released. Yeah, and I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of marketing teams who kind of just, if something gets leaked, they don't take the, oh, this is bad, we hate you route, and they kind of, like, made a joke out of it, because I remember them see, tweeted right after that, like, Walmart cover, where they had just had the rage, too, and it was, like, a bunch of circles, like, this is wrong, the cover art looks like this, and I, and then they come out, like, maybe two days later with the gameplay trailer, so... Props to this marketing team for kind of just jumping all over the league and just making it fun. Um, so I'm going to follow it closely. I, I'll i see how it looks when we get extended gameplay. I want to see how the car gameplay looks because like Colin said in Rage 1, that was it, there was a lot of extended stretches where you were just driving with nothing. Um, it'd also be nice to see how many open world like mechanics they add to this game because we are getting so many open world games in 2019. Uh, I think Days Gone was just pushed back. To 2019, I think we also have Laura Claft is going to be releasing in 2000, late 2018. Is that that's not going to be an open world game though? I think that's going to it's. Be more I mean, they they kind of are um, from the what, what was the last Tomb Raider? Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, it, so. I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that game, it, it was more less open worldy, and it was more of like sectioned off, kind of more of a God of War approach, yeah. where you have an open world experience, but it's actually in different sections. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We'll we'll see how it ends up playing out, and I'm just hoping they can nail down because even Borderlands doesn't do this great. Uh, the ability to have car combat, but the ability to jump out of your car right away and have meaningful combat go on. I want to be able to jump back and forth between the two and not have to do an hour of just car races and blowing up cars. That's just not the type of yeah. stuff in games I'm into. Yeah, like that um, race in circles until you, so you can get like upgrades to your car that makes it go a little bit faster. I don't want anything like that. I just want to. I I hope and I hope it's not like a Batmobile. Arkham Knight situation where every time getting behind the wheel and Batman, that Batmobile was just like, it felt like torture. It felt like literal torture. When, and no spoilers, but kind of spoilers for Arkham Knight. If you haven't played it at this you point, you can spoil that game. But it's like, it's like I never beat it. I never beat it because that last sequence of the Batmobile crap, like I was just like, no, I'm not doing this. I was like, it was so difficult, unnecessarily difficult to beat just to get to the final sequence in Arkham. Um, in uh, Arkham Knight, yeah, yeah, that I was just like, I put it down. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go YouTube the ending of this game because this is just ridiculously hard just to make it hard for no apparent reason. And I love those Batman games, and I had read somewhere that the ending was so good, 
So I actually played my way through the, that ending sequence, and I remember vividly like screaming at my television. I've never been more frustrated it. by a video game in it, my life. It was, and I was grown when that game came out, and I felt like I was reverting back to like nine-year-old. Like breaking controllers Edmund all of a sudden. about to break my TV, because that was so frustrating, and the oh, ending wasn't even that good. Yeah, because if you go through and collect everything and get all the, the, rid, uh, the yeah. riddles from um, the Riddler and stuff like that, you can get an extended version. Like They're like, oh, you got to get the good ending, but to put all that time and get all the collectibles i'm just, I just can't. and things that weren't fun you know no. <laughs> we're getting off track but like yeah and that that ending of that game the five-year-old game was just not fun so no hopefully rage 2 can stay away from that give me some good gameplay mechanics behind a car because i don't know there's not a lot of games that can pull that off yeah i mean i did enjoy i think mad max the open world was pretty solid i enjoyed the resource farming so i hope they bring in kind of some resource side of things but not overly just to like deck out your car um yeah we'll we'll go ahead and see but uh, hey i trust uh doom has some great shooting mechanics and that team going ahead and putting um you know building upon what they did in rage one because rage one the shooting was great and the actual throw was great that was was good those close quarter combats in rage i remember was like a highlight of that game and i just hope in rage one was too serious i and it seems like they're taking more of the ridiculous approach which is Mm -hmm. good where it's like it's a post-apocalyptic game where a uh, a steroid an asteroid blows up 80 percent of the world population like this shouldn't be a dark and sinister story. Luckily, the tone of this trailer gives me hope that it's just going to be just insane. It and would, that's what I want. It would have been a better story if everyone would have started taking steroids like you were going to go on that route and 80% of the world died and then you just have like maybe 20% of this world just being massive. Maybe maybe it started other. from a bunch of baseball athletes making everyone take steroids. <laughs> they make it mandatory in all sports and then the steroids end up ruining the world. We, You know, we shouldn't talk too much. If we can write down this game, Rage we should three. sell it to ID and, uh, and Gearbox, or not Gearbox, uh, ID and Avalanche yeah. Studios, so... Rage 3, call us. So yeah, and it's, you know, so we'll see. 2019, Rage 2, announced. E3's coming up. We'll see if any more of those leaks from the Walmart show up at E3, or if all some of that was bullshit. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, but I'm excited. Hopefully there's some uh, demos, um, you know, maybe uh, Pat can get his hands on some Rage if there's a demo or something like that and give us some feedback. Who, who knows? Who knows what type of games he'll play once uh, E3 rolls around. Yeah, and speaking of Pat, I think he got his hands on um, Detroit Becoming Human. Is that the name? Becoming Human? Yeah. yeah, okay. I always mess up that name because it's stupid. Or is it Become Human? Become Human. But why would the androids want to become human if humans yeah, become are there? Become Human. Why would they, they want, want to become they, human? It's like, they want, it's, I don't know, Westworld stuff. They want rights. Well, like, blacks were oppressed by whites. I don't I want think to become they, I think white. they start becoming more aware. And uh, so they want to be treated like humans and not like an iPhone. Someone has a complexity issue. Anyway, uh, he's got, he got his hands on Detroit Becoming Human. Become Human. And he also got his hands on, I think, Kingdom Hearts 3. So check out the Hollywood Reporter. Pat, he's going to have articles about that pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Like, we'll probably and, be talking about that soon. And with E3 rolling around, like, you know, who knows what games will get announced. Who knows what uh, he'll be able to get his hands on with events. Because there's a lot of events coming up before yeah. the E3. So keep stay on the lookout for Pat's Twitter and uh, his articles on uh, True Hollywood Reporter. And since we're still on announcements, hot, hot off the press... Another game that was announced this week that I don't really care about, but Colin cares about, so we're finally going to talk about it in the podcast. I think we're in episode, what, 36, 37, in the high 30s, and we're finally talking about the worst video game series of all time. Colin, take it over. As as your resident bro of the group, uh, talk a little Black Ops 4. Um, I'm a little fatigued on on Call of Duty. I'll still play it here and there, but... uh, this is a very interesting announcement. I guess the first uh, 
focal point to like go into would be no single player this year. So they scrapped it. I'm interested to find out more details on why if they just decided, hey, let's eliminate it. My assumption is that they realize, hey, we're not going to have enough time um, to create a story in time for the release because Call of Duty is historically like they always release on time. There's no pushback, yeah, so yeah, they have to hit that deadline. Um, also with it, I'm curious with some of these multiplayer maps, they're usually based on the story. So I'm kind of intrigued to play it to kind of maybe piece together what they angle they're going to go for. Cause black ops is all over the place. There's time travel. They've done Vietnam. They've gone all over the place. So I'm, I'm interested to see what s sort of settings on the maps are to kind of piece together what the story could have been. Um, but yeah, I guess they have their usual call of duty modes. Um, it seems a little bit more objection, uh, objection, uh, objective, Focus, sorry, I can't talk. And it's interesting because Black Ops 3 went the hero shooter route where you had a, you'd pick your loadout and you'd pick an actual character with different abilities. They're taking that to the next level where some characters don't even have grenades. It's going to a more Overwatch style where there's um, supply drops. You actually give health to your teammates. People have special abilities like Destiny. There's a grappling hook now, and it's more team-based. Is this across all modes, or is this like a mode? Is it this like hero-based mode, and do they have like classic Call of Duty style? Because I can feel like a lot of Call of Duty players wouldn't like that. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting Who, um, how the traditional Call of Duty players um, react to it. So I believe it's across the board. I don't know about the Blackout mode, which is the um, Blackout mode is their Battle Royale mode. Which, that I don't know if you'll have the same abilities. From what I hear, there's going to be a lot of crazy uh, weapons scattered throughout the map. They said it's 1,500 times larger than the Nuketown multiplayer map. That's how big the map is for Blackout mode. And there'll be... they Somehow there's going to be characters from old Black Ops um, uh, games in it. So I don't know if you play them, it's like a skin, or if they're in the map and there's NPCs. There's also vehicles by air, sea, and land. Um, throughout it so you can actually take like helicopters you can go in boats and stuff so i'm really interested to see where they go with that blackout mode because it's all going to be in first person there's not going to be an ability to go in third person that i don't know that i don't know i'm assuming they're going to stick with the classic call of duty um shooting and i mean everyone's going to be like releasing a mode like this so it's going to be interesting to see what people are starting to do their different take like gta online just released their um kind of battle royale-esque mode that they're promoting right now where you're on a giant hovering platform in the sky and if you die you go to a red zone where the platform's going to disappear after a certain point so you and all the people who have died recently are racing to get back on the map it's kind of like the blue zone in PUBG and Fortnite but this is when you die you go there so it's not like the oh. but the mat the platform slowly shrinks too so everyone's doing their take on it i'm really interested to see what uh, Call of Duty does with it and there's no wall running in this game um, there's no like speed boost so it's still it's on the ground shooting but it has a lot of like you know ridiculous abilities i'm sure there'll be some uh some uh score streaks or whatever uh kill streaks that will be pretty crazy but i'm very interested on how this game turns out specifically with no single player i think they can get away with it because they're also releasing modern warfare 2 single player only as a standalone just like game you can buy at the same time no multiplayer on that so i think they're basically cutting off the multiplayer aspect to be like hey play call of duty 4 but if you want that single player experience for 30 or whatever how much it costs you can buy modern warfare 2 remastered single player and play that does that bother you as a call of duty fan that they're getting rid of the story mode not at all i don't i don't play them very you don't often play the story mode. i i played the like um i've played every single call of duty 
out, um, from Call of Duty 2 and beyond, minus Infinite Warfare. That was the one I like didn't play because it was made by the same team that made Call of Duty Ghost, and that was the worst Call of Duty I've ever played. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I like the early single-player games. Every year I would get a Call of Duty, I would tell myself after maybe Black Ops 1, I was like, I'm going to play the single-player, and I just wouldn't do it. Like, okay. So... Um, I, I like the multiplayer. I just like diving in because in my mind when I'm playing a Call of Duty, I'm like right when it comes out, if I get it, I'm like, oh, well, everyone else is going to upgrade and get their stuff if I spend time on the single player. Like, Okay. So it doesn't bug me. I, I'm curious how people react though. So I hate multiplayer experience. Most most like competitive multiplayer mm -hmm. experience as most people know. Um, would you Do you like this trend of seeing that Call of Duty is going if getting rid of the single player and just fully giving you an every type of game mode it's it because it seemed like black ops 2 or what is this black ops 4, 4 has every single type of game mode you can go into like a battle royale mode and uh, they'll still have team deathmatch like they're still gonna have the classic modes and then wasn't there another mode you were talking about like a rainbow six i've hearing they're, they're they may add in some like you know very more like um tactical one life level because i when um trying to think which game this was one of the earlier modern warfares uh maybe two or three i got really into search and destroy uh, mode which is one life trying to plan defuse a bomb it's a lot more strategic and it's all about like you're a little bit more camping a little bit like slower pace than the usual call of duty okay. mode so i'm curious if they build upon that and um, i'm hearing they're they're basically taking inspiration from every multiplayer game that's popular so i'm hearing they may take some elements from siege maybe they have smaller map and it's like a search and destroy mode but you can kind of break through walls and you can do different stuff based on the abilities of these heroes that you can uh, choose throughout the game interesting so interesting. And, and yeah i'm i'm curious how they do it personally i think they're eventually going to move to a call of duty platform where it's just like you just buy Call of Duty. Um, it's kind of, or maybe you don't buy it. Maybe it's free to play. Like they go to a Fortnite route. Like in my opinion, I doubt we see a Fortnite two for a long time because Epic Games can just keep releasing new modes. So what if Activision just decides, like they like, hey, they have the Call of Duty platform. Every year these studios release their content updates, and maybe you can buy stuff a la carte. Maybe eventually that's how they bring back single player, but they offer it for twenty dollars or fifteen, and then the multiplayer experience is forty-five or maybe even sixty. They may still charge full price, mm -hmm. but I, I would be interested to see if they just keep it all in one running thing. They keep track of your stats across the board, but then also specifically in each individual game. All right. How do you convince a sh uh, shareholder that this is? a way to go rather than seeing the every easy, year release of sixty dollars easy knowing that you're gonna get that game, knowing that you're gonna get like what billions of dollars once every year from that $60 purchase. I think there's there's a lot of easy sells, especially when it comes to shareholders. They aren't true gamers for the most part, so they just want to hear about the bells and whistles. So I think what you tell them, you're not paying this way, you're doing less actual physical distribution, so you're not paying for physical CDs, you're not paying for mm -hmm. the actual um, cases for them, you're not dealing with shipping of the games. Maybe the first time around you can do it, but my assumption would be it'd be a downloadable uh, platform. Just like you can't go into a GameStop and buy Fortnite. Like you just download it. Right. Um, so I, I think that that's a sell. I think also removing single player and putting the focus on more of like that just non-stop game as a service, you're more likely to people invest money into it when it comes to buying cosmetics, buying different stuff. And if it's a la carte, when there's new stuff that comes out, I think it's easier for someone sitting on their couch at night after a long day of work just to hit the X button and pay 20 bucks 
compared to having to go, maybe they go to Best Buy and go buy something. So mm -hmm. it's the, the purchasing power of people, it's a lot easier to pull the trigger when it's, it's uh, on a digital distribution compared to physical. I think that's interesting in regards to that that changes the whole gaming industry as a whole because it seems like if you have a multiplayer game why would you not take that route because that you're still making I don't know you're, are you you might be I don't know how much money Fortnite is making um, I feel like but I feel like it's doing very well with cosmetics every just personal accounts like my students all of them are paying for skins all of them are talking about the John Wick skin that they paid for all of them are talking about the multiple skins that they have paid for or they have unlocked. So it'd be interesting to see if... Because for the most part, Call of Duty players are high schoolers, people yep. in their early 20s. If they're willing, if they have the income to spend on cosmetics, spend on guns out, they're probably going to put in the game to make you play better. Yeah, when I think too, like I, it would really be interesting if, if Activision eventually moves Call of Duty to a free platform. And like I said, if you, if you make the platform free and you can download it, you're downloading all the um, information and gigs for all of the content, It's a, but it's not unlocked. So all it takes mm -hmm. is someone to just be like, yes, I want this, pay five bucks. And I think if you go free to play, it's psychological where people are more willing to just put five bucks into it. I do that myself sometimes. And I'm looking at Fortnite. I, I was reading a report, and this is back from April, but April 18th, um, according to Forbes, they're saying Fortnite is making one million a day on mobile alone. Mobile. Like, mobile, just mobile. Because that's most kids are playing on mobile. And I'm telling you, like, if people are able to spend a dollar or two, or maybe they get a starter pack where it's four ninety nine, and you get a skin, you get, like, a new parachute in Fortnite, people buy that. And they, and they don't feel bad about it. And also, the cool thing is, someone can spend five bucks now, but if they're continually p playing, the likelihood of them spending money on that again is, is super, it's just through the roof. I wonder how much that also goes through like Twitch sponsorship, like Twitch. I, I don't know how this works. I don't know if like Twitch is like partnered with Fortnite or in some in some I think, way. I think or... Epic Games is partnered with certain streamers. Okay, I think that's and that's, that's how, how they, they do that way. Okay, yeah, and, and that's why you'll see a lot of like random games all of a sudden that they're in trial. They'll be like, oh, everyone's playing this game on Twitch, and you'll be like, oh, I've never heard of this game, and all of a sudden, like, what was the game? It was um, SOS. Which oh, was yeah. a really yeah. interesting looking game, and fun. on PC it looks fun. It looks fun, but yeah. when they, it was in its first like alpha release, it was all the most popular streamers were playing. I'm like, oh, they must really like it, and then I look into it, I'm like, oh no, they're just getting paid. They got paid. They're getting paid, right, right. and so um, it's really interesting to see Call of Duty already has the name. People are already going to play it. If if I mean, I think it would be smart of them to try to move to a platform, get more more of these kids in that can play for free. And see what happens. Also, how do you though, get kids to play a mature it's, it's game? M. Yeah, it's M. I mean, I don't think that's going to stop kids from downloading it, though. That is true. That's true. But that is one of Fortnite's um, yeah. blessings, I think, and what has set Fortnite aside from PUBG is one, it's super accessible, it's free to play, and it's cartoony. And how do you get past those parental controls, though? Because I, I, maybe in a in a perfect world. You think that these parents are going to their PlayStation and their Xbox and set up parental controls so that a kid can't go in and buy what what mature games are free to download right now? I can't Warframe is Warframe mature? I don't know. I don't know. Huh, I don't know about that. I had to look that up. But, um, but you would think that parents would go into and set up these type of parental controls so that a kid can't go and download a, a rated M game um, from like the PlayStation Store or from the Xbox Live Store. So. You lose that massive appeal. Yeah, Just like I went to Deadpool 2 yesterday, 
at a 345 a 345 showing if that was infinity war it would have been packed because of the pg-13 rating but because it was rated r the movie didn't have a lot of people. Which which is why we'll never see a rated R Avengers movie. Exactly. Like it's never going to happen. But the same thing with a... Do you... Will you lose money if you're doing it that way? I think Call of Duty already it makes so much money where mm. it wouldn't make a difference. I think regardless, you're going to have your loyal base that's going to pay that 60 bucks every year. So why not try to tap into that free market? I, I personally think that would be a good move, but... But then again, there may be, like, you know, Activision has literally probably a whole floor in a business office of people just crunching numbers and looking into the data analytics of, like, what if they moved to free-to-play, how many people would they lose um, from, uh, you know, or how many people would not spend that 60 bucks because it's free all of a sudden because they have that experience. And eventually, if they do move to it, it would be very justified. Like, they they are putting in the time to research this because... Epic Games is making a disgusting amount of money every single day, and other people are going to want to do that. Like, Battle Royale, the craze there with all these publishers wanting to jump in, it's not about, like, oh, we're excited about this mode, or we think this is changing video games. They're just like, oh, they're making a crap load of money, and I want that. I want to, I want a slice of that pie. And it's interesting, because I don't think we'll ever get a Fortnite, too. So it's... Yeah, exactly. It's, and it seems like rather than dropping a game every year, like you said, like a Call of Duty releasing a physical copy every year of the game. That's essentially the same since Modern Warfare 2, in my opinion. Yeah. You, people can argue about me with me about that. Because um, what are the what are the uh, highlights of Call of Duty? Modern Warfare 2 and like Black Ops 2? Well, Modern Warfare 1. Okay, like, Modern Warfare and then 1. Modern Warfare 2 is, is highly regarded. Black Ops 1 still has... Black Ops 1 and 2 both still have like a super uh, active community. Okay. And... I'm trying to think if there's any other like hits. I mean, but they, I, I do enjoy World War Two. But they've essentially been the same, except for the time period and the wall jumping and yeah, all that nonsense. Just, it's just like essentially setting. the same. So it, it does make sense to release it as a free platform, release updates every year for it. Do maybe seasons. release time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Seasons. Maybe release time events where like you can do wall jumping throughout this like October through November time season, and then have like some type of skin that you can get for yeah. the kills. Well, just ima- imagine um, with Activision, with all their connections and all their properties they have, you can also integrate random stuff. Like, you know, if you are a active Destiny player, like, what if you get, like, a Destiny skin? Or, like, you get, it, it turns one of your mm-hmm. assault rifles into looking like a Destiny gun. Like, you could do crossover. Also, like, I think there's a lot of cool opportunity with timed events, like what Fortnite did with the Infinity Gauntlet and yeah, having right. Thanos... Um, be a character and it was just one week they did it and people were loving it and saying it was so cool and it was funny seeing like thanos do all like the fortnite dances and stuff like that and like videos yeah they even had josh brolin had talk about it on a couple interviews which is interesting yeah i mean i didn't get me playing fortnite but yeah it's just it's a fun thing to do and it'd be interesting i i mean this is all speculation right now it's not like any of these companies have announced that they're going to go this route um i'm but i'm actually i am I'm slowly becoming more of a free-to-play fan. I think it can be gross sometimes, but working, like, I worked at an after-school program recently, and seeing some kids that I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I don't think they come from a very financially, like, rolling-in-the-dough type family situation, and all these kids have access to the game. And when I was a kid, I feel like it was a barrier where I felt you could feel bad for those kids on the playground that didn't have the new Star Wars toy, that didn't have the new Pokemon game or cards because it cost a lot of money to invest. And we were lucky enough where our parents 
shelled out money so we could have the hot new toy or game. And it's really cool. All these kids need is a mobile phone. They can play on mobile phone with their friend that does have the PS4. And I think that's really cool. And I think there's something just very... I, I feel like it's, it's, it's great that we're getting access to these games where kids that aren't financially well off and can invest all that money are able to play and be a part of the conversation. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and jumping off of that, I, I work in schools where kids don't have a lot of means where they can you know go out and buy $60 games and stuff like that. And it's, it's fun to see kids really connect. It's annoying... <laughs> And it's fun at the same time to yeah. see kids from all, like all of like the young, the middle grade, middle school girl to like the senior in high school, kind of all be able to have a conversation where they're not like jumping on each other, they're not being mean to each other, they're just collaboratively talking like strategy about Fortnite, and that's very interesting for me to see because everyone, it seems like everyone under the age of thirty has this game, yeah, is playing it to some extent. I have it downloaded. I've only put like two hours into it because I think I just don't, I can't get behind it. But it seems like everyone has this game. So it's universal. So it would be interesting to see these Call of Duties. I don't see EA doing this. I just don't see EA doing this. Um, Actually, picture this though. I think if EA was going to get onto the Battle Royale scene, what if they created a, like, because Fortnite started off as a actual pay-to-play game and eventually was going to go to free-to-play. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the whatever the storm mode it is or whatever, where you're actually, it's like horde mode. Then they decided they copied PUBG and they're like, oh, let's make this. And then they created a separate free-to-play pla- platform. What if EA did that with Battlefront 2, where they still had their uh, game for Battlefront for Star Wars, but then they came out with a free-to-play just Battle Royale mode that people could download, and you could play, and mm-hmm. they're super, and you could go wander around, and like in multiplayer, how you can just randomly find, be a Luke Skywalker or something, it'd be kind of cool if you could play with the Star Wars uh, Yeah, I think that would be interesting, and it would be interesting to see if companies like that could do something like, but it, it makes me think like, Battlefront could get away with it, Battlefield could probably get away with it. Um, Destiny could definitely get away with it. So we have big shooters like that. What does this do for, like, the Titanfalls? And what does this do for, like, those shorter... Though, I mean, not shorter, but those smaller shooters that aren't necessarily as big, but have, like, a small... Because I love Titanfall, oh, out of all of the um, competitive multiplayers, I think Titanfall is my favorite of all of them. The whole I've always liked Titanfall. Whenever Titanfall drops, I always put $100 into that game. Yep. I'm, I'm not the best, but I'm also always decent at Titanfall. What does that do? Because Titanfall can't do this. I don't think no. Titanfall can make can sustain a um, a heavy like audience like this to keep it going. So what does that do for those multiplayer? And does does it like eliminate the chance for those? If we do go in this route, does it eliminate the chance of those Titanfall t- Titanfall threes, Titanfall fours to be competitive? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I struggle with this because I really do think that. <sighs> Titanfall, I, I love Titanfall, by the way, so you're just getting me thinking about Titanfall 2. Also, shout out, I don't play Call of Duty campaigns. Titanfall 2 campaign is fantastic, so gotta, mm, gotta shout yeah, that was, out. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I wonder, is this Battle um, Royale craze gonna stick? Or, like, in meaning fully, like, games that are just focused on that come out? I think it's gonna be more and more over time where it's a part of an ecosystem of an entire game, just like Black Ops is doing. 
I th- um, there's rumors uh, Red Dead's going to have a Battle Royale mode, and I'm sure it's just going to be a GTA, like a, a Red Dead Online mode that you can just jump in and play. So I think it's just like back in the day when, I don't know if it was Quake or whoever started Deathmatch and Team Deathmatch, that was the only mode, mm-hmm. and then now it's in every single game. It's just like everyone has Team Deathmatch, and I know at the beginning, I'm sure whoever copied Team Deathmatch in their game at that time, those studios were probably like, oh, how dare you do that, just right. like how you're having controversy now. But it's just like, no, it's just a game mode in multiplayer. You right. can add into your game. And I'm thinking of like, I, Battle Royale is here to stay. I think I think we're gonna. Ha- it's going to be another game mode. Just like you said, I completely agree with everything. But I'm thinking of like, if Call of Duty, like we're talking about, moves into this free-to-play format, mm. could a Titanfall move into a free-to-play format? Because it won't have the audience. To, like Overwatch, for example. I, will we see an Overwatch 2? Because the same, it's like they have a hardcore audience that are still, that active audience that's still playing Overwatch. They're coming out with these seasonal updates. It seems like it can sustain itself for a long time. Titanfall 2, and I'm just using Titanfall because it's the only other multiplayer I can think about. Titanfall 2 has to come out with a Titanfall 3 where they're adding different mechs, different things. And I don't think they can sustain themselves in a free-to-play model. So if these games do move to a free-to-play move, and this is all speculation, by the way, into a free-to-play model, could do we still have a competitive market for free to um, multiplayer games? I, yeah, so I don't know. I I think there is room for a lot of games to jump into the free to play. It's tough with Titanfall two just because it was such a great game to me, but also it got buried in the release window, having Battlefield one come out the week before it, and that's an EA published game, right. and they cannibalized their own like shooter market, and then Call of Duty came out the week after, right. so it was sandwiched in between. It didn't have the chance to really flourish, but I wonder if it would have came out at a different time if it would have a bigger following. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be able to translate over. I don't know. I don't think every game is going to move to free-to-play because studios are going to be realistic in realizing what the player count should be for a game. And if they know it's going to be off the charts, free-to-play is pretty solid because you can put in cosmetics and items like that. Titanfall, I just don't know if it has the recognition to really get there and to do it where it would make sense. It could do it, but I just don't know if free-to-play would make sense for a game like that. So if we go into a Fortnite-style free-to-play model where you'd have to have a big enough name to sustain it, is what you're saying. So like it has to be Star Wars where you can come out with like a Princess Leia costume and people will pay money for it. Yeah, and I think, well, specifically, I'm talking console because I'm a console gamer. I think PC, you have a little bit more flexibility to make a more unique, brand new title. Like when Fortnite went down and everyone jumped to Radical Heights, like that was what's what people yeah, did. No, Radical Heights, and now it's gone. Is, right, now it's gone, it, right. and it didn't sustain it. So, um, and that was because Fortnite servers were down, and as soon as they went back yeah. up, people jumped back. Yeah. So I think you have that option, but um, it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what companies do because Fortnite originally wasn't a free to play game. It was you know. Uh, I have a storm or whatever it is. You pay forty bucks and um, you get in, and they said we'll eventually move to free to play, but to be like an early founder. But then they're like, oh, let's copy PUBG. Let's jump into the battle royale market. They made it free to play, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, it's, it just makes me nervous because, and I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's why I'm spending so much time asking you these questions because it does make sense for a company to say, hey. Let's get rid of these physical copies, like I said earlier, and let's do like a more, a cheaper but more sustainable way where we're just free to play model. It just makes me nervous to see if these smaller Titanfall 2 type studios, Splatoon is completely different because Splatoon is on Nintendo, but 
will, will we still be able to see more competitive shooters come up like a Radical Heights uh, like something else where it didn't have a sustain a big following but could it still can be competitive in the multiplayer market or will we just see a complete just takeover from Battleground Battlefront will it just be like a Battlefront Battlefield Call of Duty only like those are your only competitive multiplayer games to like come out for with yeah I mean I don't know it's it's gonna be it- more and more I think about it, Titanfall could be a free-to-play just because their DLC, what they did in um, Titanfall 2, was all cosmetic. It was anything you paid for. It was just, like, Titan and gun and, uh, in your actual pilot, like, weapon skins and stuff. You weren't paying for actual, like, content stuff, but what if they did go, hey, we're going to have a free-to-play. You start off with, there's only two Titans you can pick from, but you can buy a starter pack for 15 bucks mm-hmm. and you unlock all the Titans, or you unlock some of them, or you could just buy a la carte where it's like $3.99 or $5.99 because I want the Ronin Titan. That's the one well, that's the one I used to just destroy with uh, Shadow, okay. by the way. So I don't know. They could, they could do it. I don't know if it would make sense for them, but I, it's tough for me to get a grasp on Titanfall 2 because I know how amazing of a game it is and i feel like not a lot of people know because it was buried it was just not that's a good point and hopefully ea doesn't cannibalize them again when they come out with titanfall 3 because and i don't think they will i think they've learned their lesson and they're a little bit smarter um on actual release dates and stuff because they've just have had too much backlash recently and now that they own respawn studio they uh bought them out recently so they used to just be the publisher so i hope they don't do that um, because Titanfall is a special game. I, yeah. I really like it. Is, it is. A, it's very underrated game. It, if it's un- yeah, I think it's underrated. It, it it just didn't get a lot of. It was my multiplayer game of the year that year. It just didn't get a lot of publicity because, like you, Colin said, it was sandwiched between two of the alpha dogs of the industry yeah. with Call of Duty and Battlefield. And, so. and Battlefield One came out the week before, and that game had so much hype because people yeah. were not expecting the move to World War One to pay off so well, and it was a great game. And critically, like, really, that game was like raved about. Oh yeah, so. no, I, I really enjoyed it. It was good. So, and, and also you had to think about Titanfall One never made it to PlayStation. It was an Xbox One exclusive. So you also have that where, people like. There is, there's a reason why um, a lot of times video game publishers are afraid to put a number on a game because there's people that are automatically going to see that, PlayStation owners, and be like, Titanfall 2, I never played one. Like, I'm not right. going to get this. Right. Even though it's a mainly a multiplayer game, even though single player is amazing, but it's going to block people automatically, um, especially when you put, like, zero or something like that. Like, people get weirded out, and they're just like, well, I haven't played that, so I'm, I'm not going to even jump into it. Interesting. So Interesting. I would be, I bet you money, now that they've had a lot of people, they may go Titanfall 3, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went, like, Titanfall Ascension or just some mm. stupid lame name like instead Titanfall of doing... Ascension. That's not a lame name. That's a really good name, I don't know. They, they, That's they, a really good name, Colin. You, when you need to go back and play the single player because... I didn't beat it, no. You have to beat it. It's... They're, they're so... They... A game has never handled time travel as well as um, Titanfall 2. Time travel and switching between times... Uh, I like time travel games. Yeah. But I gotta ask you this because earlier you said you don't mind Black Ops 2 getting rid of it single player does this make you nervous if multiplayer go on this route we won't get a titan we won't get any more single player um modes in a multiplayer game so does that make you nervous for the next time fall not not really i think the the single player was so critically acclaimed in titanfall 2 where i think they know that's their bread and butter um People re- like the online mode was amazing, but like I said, I don't play single player in Call of Duty. But Titanfall Two, I it made me care about a, a Titan 
like his, the the Titan you're paired with has is funny. It's super like almost like the robot humor of like Star Wars movies where they have a personality but they're still a robot and don't understand human emotion and stuff. But it, I genuinely cared about that. There's some androids in Detroit becoming human that would be very upset with you talking like about robots uh, like this. Yeah, they would be. They are um, not extensions of your humor, Colin. They are fully fledged beings that are sentient to an extent so you need to start um yeah you know i better be careful because this podcast may be brought up in the future in year (laughs) 3000 they're like oh look at this robot bigot well we're all in (laughs) robot camps for our 10-hour work days they're just gonna they're gonna it's all my fault it's all my fault actually i'm gonna start the robot apocalypse skynet is listening and i apologize in advance but yeah Yeah. sorry but no it's it's Titanfall 2 campaign i recommend you go back and play it's not that long and they do the best mechanics of switching between time um, is a mechanic of the game. Like, you you are in control of switching between different mm-hmm. times in the same zone. That's, like, a way of saying it without being too spoilerly. It's been out for several years, yeah, so I don't feel bad about it. it. Yeah, but, I, I might go back. And that and doesn't give it, yeah. away how it actually looks. The way that you jump between time is actually something you hit on a controller and it's and it delves into the story, so it's all part of the story. And you'll be in a like factory, and you'll be there in the past. And there's a bunch of workers and stuff going around. And then you'll switch over, and it'll be decimated and on fire. And oh, there's like cool. titans everywhere. That's so all of a sudden, cool. when you switch over, you may not know there may be a titan right in your face that's gonna fight you. And it's <laughs> really really cool. We're talking about Titanfall two three years later. I mean that's today's. Game today's of, we've talked about a lot, a lot, a lot of, of older games, and yeah. we may even talk about another old game. I it's feel like 2016 is we're we're hitting a lot of 2016. We are, yeah. Like I feel like time travel is the new zombies. I feel like every like two years, everything had a zombie component. I feel like everything had a time travel component. Like everything popular had a time travel. Even Deadpool two, time travel. Like everything yeah, had time travel it's, now. It's I don't know. I mean, there's you can do a lot of interesting uh, mechanics with it. I don't know. It's. I've never seen it handled in a video game like Titanfall did, and it's something special. Like, I had a coworker at my previous job that he was a little slower to play single player, and I remember he, I, I was playing a lot of multiplayer, and he like forced me. He's like, no. He's like, when he found out where I, I was maybe a third into the campaign, he's like, once you get to the halfway point and you start seeing, he's like, no, play. And he would bug me every day, and I finally did, and I was like, thank you. I was like, thank you mm-hmm. for making me play this, because I, I, once I get hooked into multiplayer, I want to rank up. It's, it's the addiction side of things. Getting all the flashing upgrades and ranking and leveling up is uh, really cool. You have a problem, dude. You um, have a problem. No, there's there's a reason why they can pump out these Call of Duties every year, and there's a reason why Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 was so popular, and every shooter is um, copied it. They took the ranking of MMOs that's addictive and, and uh, ranking up continuously. Like, no matter what you do, you're always progressing. That's and that's true. what keeps yeah. people playing. You're always getting stuff. To ching, 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 ching. I love it. When I play Call of Duty, the, the, the feeling in my lizard brain that turns on when all of a sudden it's just like, you got this grenade kill and it's just pop, yeah. up, pop, up, pop, pop. The up. noise it's, effects, yeah. It's, it's, it's satisfying and it's uh, definitely dangling the carrot to keep playing because they absolutely could just come out with like they did in the old days and it was just like you just keep playing multiplayer and you just want to be high on the leaderboard you wanted to have the most kills in that game but they they weren't tracking stats or anything and to keep people playing these games now it's like oh we're just gonna have you we're just gonna have you rank up no matter what you do oh you you beat all the ranks no prestige like you know well they they dangle the carrot yeah it's interesting and it's interesting to see where the state of multiplayer games are is going to go especially with you know, the way Fortnite's taken off and the way all these games are being released that have a Battle Royale mode, 
seems like Black Lake we talked about Black Ops 2 is giving you a little bit of everything getting way of single player you mean Black Ops 4 Black Ops 4 why do I keep saying Black Ops 2 that's that's when I stopped playing Black Ops because well, that's, that's the that's the, the last Call of Duty I bought when Black Ops 2 is also uh, the um, it's the one people okay it, it, it's well definitely one people really yeah we already spoke but it's definitely what people love um, to play and there's still even within the last hour Steam charts there's 1800 people on Steam playing Black God. Ops 2 and that is God. It's an old game. Yeah, I need a time travel. Speaking of time travel, I need a time travel back away from this conversation because we've been talking about Call, so of Duty. Call of Duty. I'm getting a headache. But, you know, speaking of time travel, then we're going back to the year 2016 and we're going to talk Again. about the hottest game of 2016. Biggest disappointment, No Man's Sky. We, um, I don't think we touched on it a li- last week, but it was announced this week that it is coming out in July for Xbox and it will be releasing a multiplayer mode. And it sounds like the multiplayer mode is going to have everything that people wanted originally. What we were kind of sold on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that E3 demo um, sold us on it. So I was excited for No Man's Sky when it came out. I wasn't as pissed off as everyone else was about the lack of, well, basically the false promises that they made. But it seems like they've over the last two years of development, they have made significant strides to right their wrongs. I, on one hand... As everyone knows, I'm the resident um, nihilist of the group. I'm the resident pessimist. I don't. I'm not positive about anything. But I have want to commend Sean Marie and the No Man's Sky team for actually going back and making a lot of updates and making a lot of changes, additions to this game to not exactly get to where you promised us, but getting us a lot closer to that point. I don't know how you feel about that, Colin. Yeah, I mean, No Man's Sky is an interesting interesting game. I got it. I was super into the hype building up to the release. I was disappointed in a sense because I was more of hoping what this July update would be, but I didn't realize what I liked about the game the most. I thought it was like, oh, I'm going to go connect with other people playing. It's going to be super cool. We can build bases. That wasn't the case, but it ended up being a really nice like therapeutic game where after work I could put on a podcast, it has mellow music, and just, like, mine for minerals, and just kind of zone out. Yeah. It was a nice mindless It was, it was. And according to Kotaku, uh, the No Man's Sky multiplayer big update of 2018 will be launching on July 24th. Here are some um, details that Kotaku reports in their, uh, what is this, their article that was released this week. Hello Games describes it as you being able to explore infinite universes with your friends or bump into random travelers. Speaking of time traveling, infinite universes, parallel universes used to be a very hot topic right now. Um, You get the voice together, friends will help you stay alive, or you can prey on others to survive. So it sounds like you might be some PvP components added to this game, which is kind of exciting. Build bases from tiny shelters to complex colonies that you can create as a team that can be seen by the community. So a little Minecraft stuff going on. You can be a pirate or a wingman in epic space battles with friends or foes. I wonder if there's some type of, if I destroy your vessel, could I pick up like components that, that I can add to make my thing better? So that's kind of interesting. And then racing, which is stupid. Yeah. Uh, um, so is is this enough to get you back into it? Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, I I picked it up a couple months ago because it, it did add like a story component to the game, and it did add like a. You know, you're a mission component where it, you go to a planet, you get a mission, you go back. And it was very enjoyable. I put like a couple hours. I might go back and play it this afternoon. I'm getting back into older games now that I have my catalog. I'm trying to like clear up a catalog. Um, so I might go back and test it out a little bit this, this afternoon to see what it's like. 
Um, but yeah, I think this is enough to get me back into it because I just, I just want to see from what it came out to in 2016 to now, I think I want to see like the overall progression of what happened. And for me, I think we see more of it in games. We see it with Destiny, uh, with the Taken King update. We saw it with, um, I think Conan Exiles to a certain extent when Conan Exiles, it um, was released in early access a couple years ago. It was a bare bones experience to the point now where it is the number one game on Steam right now and the number one game on PlayStation Store. So it, it seems like it added a lot more. Um, what other games have done this in the recent? Can you help me out here? What other games have done this recently where they come out with like not a bare bones experience, but an experience that wasn't really I mean up to par with what the audience wanted. I mean, I've definitely, I mean, you brought up Destiny. It's mainly, like, games as a service that come up to mm-hmm. me. Um, the Division, which I put a lot of time into originally, like, OG Division, which I, I had a blast. Like, I, I like The Division. Like, yeah. I know it has a lot of flaws, and there's the end game. I was just like, why am I putting time into this? It's kind of, I've had similar feelings with Destiny. I'm like, why am I investing all this time just to get gear I don't care about? Yeah. But, um, they, when I went back and played Division maybe a couple months ago, it, they have smoothed out everything. The gear makes sense now, and they, mm. and the, the player base isn't there, but it gives me promise for Division 2, where I'm like, I think they may have figured things out. We'll see, um, just because I thought the same with Destiny 2, and Destiny 2's alright. <laughs> it's alright. It's not yeah. bad. It's not amazing, yeah. but, um... I, I don't know. This game, I'm. I don't think I'm going to jump into it right at the July release. Depending on what's what I'm playing at the time, you never know. I may be in a lull and be like, all right, I'm going to play this. But I do have concerns. What What is it going to be like? Is it just going to be? I have a feeling you're not going to bump into random people too often. And when you do, is it going to be something where you can just wave and say hi? Can you just openly attack people? Is it going to be like uh, Sea of Thieves, where you're going to have all these bored people that have already got? everything they want and they just go and ruin other people's games and just spawn kill you over and over again Mm -hmm. like how are they going to balance that or are they going to do like certain galaxies or pvp some are pve and kind of all over the place so i I don't know i'm i'm definitely going to be paying attention as the build-up to see what more information they release but even though they're releasing on xbox as a playstation owner of this game i do contrary to what our resident negative person on game updates pat uh patrick shamley he would be here yelling about just release the game in its yeah. final form right so away. Right now, He'd be yeah. so upset. I think it's it, they overpromised, they underdelivered, but instead of charging people for all this DLC, they've just been continually giving free updates, which makes me wonder how are they going to stay in business yeah, over time? Right, they really right. are probably banking on the Xbox release, but also is there a huge Xbox community really wanting to play this? I think so because what do you have to play on Xbox yeah, right that's now? That's true. And you made a very, 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 very good point. No Man's Sky has no loot boxes. No, no Man's Sky didn't have any cosmetic items. No Man's Sky isn't charging you for this DLC, whereas Destiny, The Division, um, Conan, like all these other games yep. have charged you for I know I'm sorry Conan Exiles did not charge you for anything with the early access release which is completely different um, but yeah they charge you for these things in order to make give you the new game No Man's Sky is essentially not doing that they're giving you these free updates as like a way of saying hey look we messed up we're sorry we know we promised you this thing we know it's two years later but we're still trying and like going back to your question I think Microsoft does have an audience for this because A nothing to play on Microsoft right now. I think the only release that they had this year is um, Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2 is not performing well at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not out yet, but the critics are not saying very nice things about State of Decay 2. 
I think that you have a lot of early access games that are being leaked over the Xbox Live that are survival. So, like, The Longest Dark is over there. Subnautica is over there. Um, you have Ark Survival is over on Xbox. So, you have a lot of these big survival games that I think the audience is already on Xbox. So, I think they might gravitate towards No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have a, a Sea of Thieves has kind of like a parallel to it. I think that a lot of Sea of Thieves is in No Man's Sky in regards of, like, the exploration in regards of, like, the collecting items to make yourself better, building up yourself. Uh, so I I believe, in my in my hearts of hearts, I believe that No Man's Sky will do fairly well on Xbox. And I think that true gamers are following the development cycle. I think they've seen that No Man's Sky is has corrected a lot of their wrongs. They have a story mode. Um, they went through and fixed all the bugs that they have. The planets aren't all the same. The planets are very diverse from when I went into a couple months ago to check out. So, so you know, they, they've made a lot of significant strides, and I think a lot of Xbox players haven't played it before. Yeah. Because um, a lot of them don't have a PC or have a PlayStation 4. And, and like I said, there's nothing on Xbox right now, so why not jump in? I think you have State of Decay, and I think you have No Man's Sky. Those are two vastly different games, and this is coming out in July. I don't think we're getting any July any summer releases for the Microsoft. No, I think it's it's the perfect storm for Hello Games because they are able to promote it on Xbox. I'm assuming, and this is I don't know anything, but I'm assuming they'll probably get some Xbox stage time at E3 yeah. for this because Xbox doesn't have any games that we're aware of right now. No, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they get some time there. And it's the landscape of Xbox exclusives that may be a benefit, and maybe. This is something that Hello Games has just seen, and they're like, hey, we can really capitalize on the Xbox, like, barren landscape of exclusives. Mm-hmm. Let's just jump into Xbox and try to get some money that way. Um, just because I don't I don't know the finances of Hello Games, but supporting a game for free for two years, like, how, how sustainable is that? Right. So they, they right. have to right. get some sales right. through yeah. Xbox. You're right, you're right. And hope and hopefully we'll see people support it because I, I am interested to see what they can yeah. do with the next game. And I, and I, and I definitely hope... I, of, of course, was frustrated with the post-release. Uh, just my expectations were too high for it. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're able to right the ship and really create something that's immersive and also fun to play with other people because it was just a lonely game. Yeah, and I think we need to remember what happened after they released this game. They went dark. Like, I, you remember, I don't know if you remember, but... Uh, Sean Murray just, just disappeared. And he was everywhere before the game. Like, you would see him tweet constantly. You would see things from No Man's Sky constantly. He was Press releases all the time. Right. This game came out. Critics hated it. Um, players hated it. And they went completely silent, and it was kind of like, we thought, I think there were people in the industry that thought we got bamboozled, that we were sold a a false promise, they released a bare bones game, and they took off, they got our money and took off, because that game did very well, Um, but I think what happened was they went dark because they went back to work on this game. They felt bad about what happened, they felt bad about the reception, and they went back and they worked on it. They come out, like, what, five months later, six months later, saying, like, sorry for this, but we're going to come out with some updates over this next, not next two years, but we're going to come out with some updates over the future to right our wrongs. So I commend them for that. I, I really do, because I don't think a lot of studios do that. Like, look at Battlefront. Yeah. It's a perfect example. Battlefront released a terribly bare-bones experience, and what did they do? They gave us a Battlefront 2 that basically did the same exact thing, but added loot boxes to it. So in those regards, I think we should really, 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 really commend No Man's Sky and Sean Marie for what they did. Hello Games and everything for what they've done. Yeah, I can only imagine what their team meeting was like. Because, uh, uh, like, oh, the day no. after the, the reviews, like, the day of release when all the reviews were coming out, like, that couldn't have been fun. No. So, uh-uh. um, props them for hanging in there. But 
We'll, we'll see. I'm going to rear in my expectations this time around. I don't see myself sinking a ton of time in, but I've already invested in the game, and it would be fun to go back and see it be a little bit more of what I was anticipating back in 2016. Right, right. And, you know, Microsoft, and Microsoft needs it. I mean, like we say it all the time, I don't want Microsoft to fail. I'm not a fanboy. I have all three systems. I believe competition brings out the best in all systems. That's why we're seeing so many good games come out from Sony and Nintendo right now, because they're in the heat of it. I think... Xbox is doing a lot of good stuff with their software. I think I've said that before. Like, they just came out with a very, very wonderful, all-accessible controller. I don't know if you've seen that, where it seems like any people, a lot of people with disabilities they can bring into the um, table to play their games because this controller has so many options for anyone to play. And I, I love that because I don't think we get a lot of focus on people with disabilities who can play these types of games. So I... Microsoft does the like, like, and also the Game Pass. Like they do, they have a lot of good ideas, but I just don't think they have the games to back it. So I hope No Man's Sky can do something for them because it doesn't seem like State of Decay Two is going to do well, it. We'll see. We'll see what um, their E three presence is like because I could see them on stage having you know a couple exclusives. Or personally, what I I believe they're going to go the route where they're going to pay to like. A lot of big games have like they'll they'll advertise like with a PlayStation or Xbox logo. It's not exclusive, but it'll be like, oh, we're partnering with them to promote. I could see them doing that for the potential Avengers game that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a lot of games where I don't know if they'll be exclusive, but they're gonna just throw monies at studios, be like, hey, just show your stuff on our stage because yeah. w- what do they have going for them? I, right I now? just don't know. I, I don't Hopefully, they wanna. have stuff up their sleeve. I, I, like, I, I hope because they they came out and they said this is gonna th- they're gonna have the biggest announcements they've ever had at e3 oh this one is that what they said i mean i think they say that every year okay hopefully scale bounce back on the back on the Uh, i don't don't know if that's gonna be revived i know zombie games are popular yeah uh, scale bounce wasn't a zombie game it was no no no, i meant like like making the the game would be a zombie yeah that's true like a zombie yeah well we'll see we'll see bring it back to life we talk about microsoft all the time now i don't want to get into it and we're running late so yes um so, No Man's Sky, July 24th, releasing multiplayer on Xbox. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and I wanted to talk about No Man's... Or, not No Man's Sky. We already talked about No Man's Sky. I wanted to talk about State of Decay 2. Doesn't look like we can have enough time to get into State of Decay 2. It does release this Tuesday. I will be picking it up. I will have gameplay impressions if we record next week. I hope, Hopefully, we do record next week. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Like we talked about earlier, Pat has been getting his hands on a lot of games. He's been invited to a lot of press releases. We're going to do some pre-E3 stuff because Pat is also going to E3 this year. So keep listening. keep Stay tuned. We have some exciting stuff coming for you. Did we miss anything? No, not, not really. No, I think it's we're just, good. Uh, right now, I feel like the post-God of War lull kind of right yeah. now. Just I've, I've been personally just playing some Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Yeah. Um, playing some funky mode. Just super easy. Just playing for five minutes at a time on my Switch and just jumping back into Red Dead Redemption. You know, got to... I feel like right now is the perfect time to play through Red Dead, beat it before like you know June or so, end of June, like slowly play it, give myself a few months to have that buffer, but I'll still have the memory of Red Dead, and I can jump into Red Dead too. Yeah, I I'm, I'm been doing this for the last what couple of months. I've been slowly playing Red Dead. I play like a mission a day or a mission every weekend just to like get myself familiar with the story and everything. So also been playing Tropical Freeze. It's a it's a fun game. It's not a sixty dollars fun, but it is it's it's a fun game. It's another two D platformer. So if you like two D platformers, get ready to play another one. Uh, the music is fantastic in the game though, and the it does look good. beautiful. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty game. And handheld mode, I mean handheld mode, it's great. Like I, I love just being able to pick it up for a few minutes. Um, 
yeah, it's yeah. cool. I don't know. I'll probably slowly beat it. I'm on like the second island. I'm not very far, but it's um. I thank God, thank God for funky mode because I don't have the time in my life to play it on normal because apparently it's pretty pretty challenging game. Yeah, I started on normal and kept dying. I was like, let me go back and redo this in funky mode. Um, so yeah, it's fun. It's not sixty dollars fun. I'll stay by that. If, if it was forty dollars, I would be like raving about this game. But it, it is a lot of fun. And Nintendo Switch keeps pulling out pulling out games for the Wii U to put out and people like them yep. so yeah and it's it's killing in sales right now too so good for them so nintendo does it again i guess i guess, I guess. hey but the people want to give them money now hey i give them my money so i can't complain yep. so that is it for us this week thank you for listening to the donkey kong artist we will be back next week with patrick hopefully unless he is 